Welcome back to Consider Yourself Hugged, a place for women. I am Tammy. And I'm Michelle. We, okay, I said I was going to tell them, Michelle, so I'm just going to say we we had this episode recorded. We, we scheduled this day, this past Friday, to record five episodes in, what do we have, three hours? A little over three hours, yeah. Yes, which was kind of crazy, but we had a guest. We actually had two guests, one by Zoom and one in person. And I was I was trying to hurry to get it all in. And somehow our episode on relationships, well, not somehow, we figured it out. Um, I recorded over it accidentally. So we decided that it must have not meant to be. And so here we are. I could have just not said any of that. No one would have known, right? Well, I think it's, uh, again, a, a good story. <laughs> That's right. For the, for the confirmation of us flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> yeah, which podcast. We wanted to be a blend of like um, impromptu, but also have plans. So whatever we did must have not worked. So the sound quality is probably a little different today because we did have to do Zoom. Um, Michelle and I live like an hour and 15 minutes apart. So we too, we far. too far, but so we'll tell you, we do have an interesting plan for our future sessions that we'll reveal to you soon. But anyway, so here we are talking about relationships and you made a, a, such a great point before we, we started talking at all today about being connected. Yeah. yeah. So when we first started talking about like what we wanted the first series to be on, we included mind, body, spirit, and relationships, which mm-hmm. doesn't always go when you hear those other three topics mentioned, doesn't always go with that. But like, we feel like relationships are are so important and like even before 2020 like so many articles were coming out so many um interviews were being done talking about how with the advent of, of social media where you would have thought people would have felt more connected and we were in touch or had the ability to be in touch with more people than ever but people were saying that they were feeling more isolated and they were feeling lonelier and then 2020 happened and that added a completely new angle to that. And so I think that like throughout 2020, we've come to appreciate the importance of relationships. And we've already talked a little bit about introvert, extrovert personality. Yeah, we have. Still, it's um, just, you, you don't necessarily know what you got till it's gone. And with 2020 and with the change and with, you know, in-person friendship meetings turning into zoom i mean it it's definitely been an adjustment what do you think oh it has and as i know in the beginning like when i started the stress club group and i was doing facebook lives and this was probably in like april maybe ton of interaction did a few zooms and then there came a point where you could just tell like people were zoomed out they were it was even though that was basically the way that we could engage with each other, it just felt, I don't even really know. Do you have any thoughts about why it started to just feel like a burden? Maybe, maybe that's not the right word, but I just know that people were like, no, no more Zooms, no more Zooms, just can't, can't do it. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's not the same. I know that. Yeah. But um, I'm, it's something that you know I was thankful for and and still am the ability to kind of get together by zoom but because it's not the same I mean that's really all I can I'm I'm not sure exactly why or 
on it. I bet you the research is gonna, I mean, so much has changed about the way we relate to people that it's opened up this whole new world of research, you know, between whether it's marital relationships or friendships or church relationships. And one of the things that I don't think we'll really talk about necessarily today, except to mention, unless you have a thought is like dating during the pandemic. You know, my three kids are, they're 28, 30, almost 31 and 32, and they're not married. And then you have Drew, who's 24, 24. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you date during a pandemic? And, and that made me think as well. Like, I wonder if like kind of getting burnt out with Zoom, if that was at all, like based on age or if they're doing research on that, like, you know, our age, we didn't grow up yeah doing things like zoom or facetime i mean none of those things were around so for the age groups that do that regularly already you know i'm, I'm not sure how much of a maybe shift they're not yeah i had not even thought about that i know that one of the things that we did um a week or so ago and i'll post a link because it was so much fun is called jackbox you and i talked about tell me about that yeah yeah, it's jackbox.tv. I need to make it, you'll hear me typing sometimes because I don't want to forget to put anything in the show notes. But so we, it's a game that you play, you know, you have to log in and you can play it on your computer, but everybody answers things on their phone. But my kids, you know, my grown kids have had lots of Zoom parties playing Jackbox with each other and they really enjoy it. So I haven't done it via Zoom yet. Um I, I don't know how that would work, but that's the way that they have parties now is over Zoom. Yeah. And get together and play. They adapt. They do adapt. So that's that's what we're going to talk about a little bit is just relationships. And um, I had a few things, if it's okay with you, that if I just kind of read a few things and I tried to, I sent Michelle something this morning to try to help us structure a little bit you know, just so we have some ideas. But when I wrote the stress club, I um, interviewed women and I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. But so I wanted to read, there's a chapter I called soul sister. And there was a woman, her fake name is nobody's real names was Mache. And we, we will talk a little bit today about marriage and family and just whatever comes up, but this is specifically about women and how we relate. And so I'm just going to read to you what she says. She says, God, place good friends in my life and that counterbalance just being able to let it out and talk about what's going on with somebody and a girl tends to care more about her friend you know guys just don't have the sensitivity of wanting to know exactly what happened and being detail oriented we could tell each other details what's going on what happened and try to help build each other up and I thought overall that's a beautiful picture of what women's relationships should look like. No, they don't always look like that. We know, but I thought that was a beautiful description. Do you? Oh yeah. And I mean, it's like, so it's insightful and true in that, like the details, like getting to talk about the details with someone and, you know, have like the types of questions that women versus men ask. They're just different. Yeah. I, I watch. So my daughter, Lindsay, who's 30, um, she, when she tells a story, it is like full of details. And so I'm listening and maybe doing other things too, but I can tell that my husband is listening to the overall, but he's never going to be able to recount the details of, 
how much that price was before and then how much it was discounted and how many women were there trying to buy the same thing and how she walked forward and hit this arm. <laughs> you know, he's just going to get the big picture of you got a bargain and that's great. So we listen. Wait, say again, you kind of broke up. I think we, we listen for different things and for different reasons. And yeah. for different reasons. Um, I uh, look at this book, Michelle. I don't know if you can tell. I'm going to post a picture of this book. I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this book before. I think I mentioned it on the one that we recorded over, that I recorded over. But I realized when I was flipping through it, I mean, I have marked the crud out of this book and I think I'm going to reread it. And I wanted to read something about women in relationships that for me, it's a little bit long. I'll try, I might paraphrase a little bit of it, um, but the, it's a book called Toward a New Psychology of Women by Jean Baker Miller. And it was written like in 1976. She passed away, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. But what she talks about in here and I'm going to post a link and I may even like decide to do some kind of a book study because even though she's a PhD and it's research-based, it is so readable and it is like mind blown when it comes to women and relationships. So it's a couple of paragraphs. You okay with that? Yeah, of course. No, okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, do not read that. I should have sent it to you first. So this is what she says. She says, if we look at what women have been doing in life, we see that a large part of it can be called, quote, active participation in the development of others. Professionals use words like mothering, nurturing, caretaking to characterize it. Some people see it as passive instead of being active. And this is what I thought was so powerful. No one grows at all without these kinds of interactions. And ultimately what she's saying is all people grow in the context of interactions with others and helping women seem to do it more so but it's looked at as just this nurturing thing that's passive and not important was that too much or too long or did that make sense yeah yeah I think it it made sense and no I don't think it was too long I think that um I, I definitely I think I understand what she's saying I think that um and I do think it's still true overall today. I think it's changed some what it probably looked like in 1976, mm -hmm. 1976 versus today. But I think it kind of goes back to, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, the conversations we had about, um, about mothering and about how, um, I mean, someone that we're going to have um, an interview with had mentioned sometimes it's a thankless job. Mm -hmm. about how sometimes um, all of that kind of what she's saying is all of that goes unnoticed despite the fact that it's really important in the development of everyone is that kind of what you got from it yeah and I think maybe let, let's do this I know that both of us were just going to talk even if it's just one or two points about any relationship struggles that we've had during the pandemic um, for me maybe I think this might make more sense. I didn't think that, well, I did think it through. Sometimes when I think I'm going to read something because I've read the whole book, I think it's going to make sense to everybody and it, it's taken way out of context. So let me try to explain it this way. Um, so for, for me, family, um, one of the struggles during the pandemic has been conflict 
or perceived upcoming conflict, knowing we were all going to be living together. One thing I don't think I said before, because I said in the second session, maybe um, I just said that I started taking Lexapro. And one of the things I didn't mention was there were some things that happened before the kids moved home that already kind of set me up for for knowing there was going to be some conflict and I knew it was going to, it could be intense. And so I knew the Lexpro could help. I don't like conflict like many people, many women. Um, I try to prevent it in any way that I can. And I believe that that has caused some issues with my kids. So one of the things relating back to Jean Baker Miller, my daughter, Lindsay, I've watched her. So in the house, I want to prevent conflict, which means or, or, or I want everybody to be happy. So sometimes I will head off conflict between two other people in the house. I'll do something that will prevent them from having words. Or if I, if we're all in the kitchen or somewhere doing something together and I perceive that someone might have gotten their feelings hurt, I'll try to figure out how to fix it. So this is all going on the whole time. And I was watching Lindsay and also my youngest son, Michael, and they do it too. Um, so for example, Michael has gotten into baking. He's 28. He's really started baking a lot. And we were in the kitchen one day and I don't even remember the details, but something happened. When he, he baked something and maybe we tasted it and maybe there was a less than enthusiastic relationship or a reaction. And I saw Lindsay and I could tell on her face that she felt it. And so she, she jumped in and said something positive about what the other person had said and tried to turn it around. And so I said to her when I was walking with her one day, I said, I noticed that you, you like me, you feel conflict coming or, or that someone's feelings hurt and you jump in and you don't want it and you try to fix it. And she laughed and said, yes. So like, I think what Jean Baker Miller is saying, especially for women and men too, is that, um, we grow in that participation of development of other people. And sometimes we grow in the nurturing, but the problem is when we feel forced to do it or when we feel that people think we should do it just because we're women. And so I don't want that to go away with her being aware of other people's feelings. I don't want it to be a hindrance to her. I don't want her to feel it as a burden. I want her to be nurturing and caring, but not to the, detriment of her own mental health and growth right not out of that a wound I think is like because I think that one of the things with us like both of us like in our our past and our background have some trauma and mm -hmm. so like look at relationship formation in context of wounds like if um this may not look on your face you're like this makes no sense but no, I'm, listen, I'm listening and y'all we're, we're seeing each other over zoom we have our video <laughs> but we would never show you this video because well she looks nice but i don't so like make like the relationship formations and how we act within relationships sometimes can be shaped somewhat by wounds we've had in, in the past and so you want her to be caring nurturing like as a like an individual, like as, as part of it, but not as part of fear conflict or yes. conflict avoidance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely see that. Because I, I can see in my relationships as well. And I, again, um, 
gone to therapy, like, you know, and I, even with that, it's, I can acknowledge, like I can realize when I'm doing something more out of a wound than out of who I want to be. And so I, I you, there's a difference. You can recognize it because of, of your time and personal growth and therapy. And this is one of those times where both you and I said that we, sometimes we forget to give advice because it seems like everybody knows it, but not everybody recognizes that they're operating out of a wound. Right. Well, I mean, right. I mean, that's something. I mean, I'm sorry, operating out of fear because of the wound. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, and like, I think, I mean, I know I'm not going to speak for you. I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I think that, you know, yeah, me too. especially in 2021, I mean, no one makes that without wounds at some point. And so like looking at that, so yeah, I think that like, it's easy to assume that everybody also thinks that now, because I think therapy is way more talked about, but I mean, that may not be true. I mean, yeah, I think, I think therapy is becoming for sure more acceptable. Um, and, and the things that, so before the conflict that I talked about that I was concerned about happening, part of that was just some hard conversations, but, um, my son shared with me that it was hard for him to speak up because growing up when he spoke up to me, I would get my feelings hurt too easily. So when I watch him also try to make everybody happy, which the same with my daughter, I don't want him to do it out of fear or because he can't, you know, deal with conflict. I want him to do it because he really does just, if, if, if he's trying to make someone happy or do something kind, I want it to be out of just being a kind person. Genuine investment in that other person. Yeah. Ooh, that is so good. I'm typing that a genuine investment. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I guess the whole point of, of Jean Baker's book that I really love is, is not, it's actually a very, you know, feminist women empowerment book, but it's basically saying that women have, have been expected to do the participation in the relationships and the development of each other, but we all need to do it. You know, we all need to be in that mutually beneficial relationship where we invest in the other person, but we also invest in ourselves. That's what I took away. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. So family has been, you know, the relationship and then friends, and then I want to hear anything about yours. Um, it's been interesting. I don't know if you've experienced this, but relationships during COVID and all the politics not only, of course, do we not really get together, but but sometimes people in our world are going to have different views than we do. And they've never come to light so much as now. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, difference, wear a mask, not wear a mask. Stay apart from people or not stay apart from people. Um, far left, far right. Um, it's just in, I, I think for me, what I've done with that is, is try to just love and accept. And I, I wrote down, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, if we just, in relationships, if we just broke off our friendships for every difference of opinion, we're not going to grow and we're not going to have any friends. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've, um, I talked about this before, and this is, has really been something with social media because you right now, like 
all kinds of things. People can get upset and post all kinds of things. And I've mentioned before, kind of again, talking about old wounds and so forth, that I'm really sensitive if I think someone is trying to shame me into something, into you doing did. something, thinking something. I'm pretty sensitive to that. So I've, I've really kind of had to acknowledge that. And, you know, if I see something or read something and I try not, not to, to read too much, especially in times are really contentious, because I, I do believe everyone has a right to their own opinion that, you know, I'm going to love this person for this person and, you know, separate that from a post because people get really upset and they can post some things that like, if their opinion is different than mine, that can be pretty there. I mean, some of the posts are trying to be shaming, right? They're trying to win you over to their opinion. Or not exactly sure, but like I've had to separate that and detach from that and realize, you know, I can love this person, even though their opinion is different mm-hmm. from mine. Well, and cause you want them to love you too. It, despite your different opinion. Although you probably wouldn't do a, a Facebook post that was, it's interesting that you said that because when you said that it, you know I don't post stuff like that like no I know yeah it, but, it, but I mean is that because I mean you just said I want them to love me too like is that why dun 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 no I just I, I just don't feel like it's helpful honestly I don't feel like because I don't feel like people I don't feel like you change people's opinion through a Facebook post that's interesting because I we had a conversation with my older son um he had some things he was wanting. I wish I could remember exact. Oh, he wanted me to go on this five mile walk with him. And this, this can translate to any kind of relationship, but instead of being like encouraging, he was being preachy at me, or he was talking about other things like patience and, or how people should be. And I had a very nice conversation with him about, you know, you, your actions are, if, if there's something you want people to do, rarely is preaching at them going to change their mind. You know, you have to just be a light. You have to be an example. And he started doing that. And anyway, so yeah, yeah, you do not like the whole shame, but I think you don't, you don't post. I don't think, here's my assessment that you don't post things that are maybe super um, opinionated or over the top or whatever, just because that's not your style. I mean, you do show people through your actions. Um, I don't think it's because you're afraid and want people to like you. Doesn't, doesn't seem to me that that's it. Oh, thank you. That's good. So that's my assessment. But I mean, have you had other relational struggles or anything, family, friends, especially during the pandemic? And I think that like, I'm, there were quite a few like decisions to be made. My father has um, terminal cancer, which you know that, but um, I don't know that I've talked about that on here. And so there have been some navigating through, like I work from home a week and then I go in for a week. I mean, that's been back and forth, but there had to be some decisions made in navigating, like how much time am I going to go up and spend with him? There's a limited amount of time. And so at first, for a couple of months, we were very careful. Like, I didn't go at all. We FaceTimed. Um, so do you, mean, do you mean a limited amount of time because of what he has left? Or you have a limited amount of time? of Because of what he has left. 
Okay. So it's not, not like I'm, I can say, okay, to be safe, I'm just not going to visit you until, and I just had the second dose of the vaccine, but like back then we had no idea um, what things were going to look like. So I can't say, okay, you know, if it takes six months, nine months, I'm just not going to visit you at all. Cause there is a very limited amount of time. Yeah. And so um, we kind of, didn't see each other for a couple of months. And then we talked about it and he kind of, I let him make the final decision. And he said, you know, no, I do want you to come and visit. I'm very careful when I go in terms of like distance from him and so forth and how much time that I spend there. But I mean, that, that was a, a huge thing that I never really thought I would have to um, think through. And I know that that that's happened for, for a lot of people where you, you know, it's not just, well, you know, we're going to wait this out and I'll see you later. Yeah. That doesn't get to be the thing for everyone. And so. Um, How that's, that's, I know that that's been rough for you. And, and also different family members have different ideas on how that should look. And like, how have you navigated that? Like, or is it for you, is it a decision that you're making like each week or each, you know, as far as what you'll see him or have you guys come up with like, how does, cause I know there's probably a lot of, my dad died March beginning of the pandemic and we got to go in for five minutes and say goodbye. And that was it. Um, but, but it's been going on for so long now. There is like, I try to go every other week for a day, like to spend like some time there and to kind of allow um, his wife some time to do some things she needs to do. And, but I also go by like what's happened that week. Do I feel like maybe I can contact with someone, even if I'm not 100% sure. I mean, that kind of factors into that decision. Um, so I've kind of navigated it like that. And you're right. Like other family members like have, have made different choices and so forth and some more, some less careful. And, you know, that is kind of the decision that's made between them and my dad. And so like, I can only look at what I feel or what I will be okay with. You know, I, I think you're so good at, I don't know if I sent you this article, but I was reading an article about the need to be right. And I was thinking about, you know, this time period and just different political views and pandemic views and your friends and family. Um, but you're really good at not thinking that you have to be right and that everybody else is wrong. And I think that the way that I see it with you is that it gives you a sense of peace. You don't feel like you have to make the choices for everybody else because just like you don't want to be shamed and told what to do, you you allow other people to take their own path when it comes to your dad. And I think that's huge. You, you've got more of a piece, I think, than some people who try to make the whole family. Everybody has, you, that person's right and everybody else is wrong. And I don't see that with you. Yeah. Thank you. I know that's gotta be hard. Well, that's probably been the, the biggest, like in terms of like relationship decisions. I think that, um, I mean, of course there's been, like, do we go out to dinner? I mean, even with, with you and I, I mean, there've been times when we were going to meet for, for lunch or something and then decided not to because of some, something that happened that week. So I think it's just a week by week. It, it, it is really, 
It is. And deciding, you know, Lindsay's thought about taking a, a trip here shortly. And on today, she was like, I, don't, I just don't know if it's the right thing. Um, and when, when my kids tell me they're going to go to a friend's house, actually, I'm like, good. And even though I know there's, we have to assess the risks, they, they're young, they need friendships. Interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want them to go do that. Um, bear in mind, I'm fine with not doing that, but you know, <laughs> I think they probably <laughs> need to do that. <sighs> I was telling you the other day though, when I was driving to your house, cause we recorded a few days ago together at Michelle's house and the whole day before it's, and it, it's the first time actually, I was so excited that you know, even though I was going to drive an hour and half or whatever each way, and we were going to rush and be there, I was really excited. So, um, hopefully we're me and I, I don't know what my point was. I'm just rambling now. So we're, we're all hoping to be going back in that direction. Yeah, I hope so. So I don't know. I feel like we've, we've just given some tips and within the context of this whole thing, um, the only thing I was thinking of that I that I wanted to read, which was short about conflict, it was very short, is that, and this is another Jean Baker Miller thing. Um, she says that in the most basic sense, conflict is inevitable. It's the source of all growth and it's an absolute necessity if one is to be alive. And by conflict, if we can just redefine it, because I think that's, that's at the root of so many of our relationship issues is just the avoidance of conflict, which really just means we're avoiding a conversation or we're avoiding an issue. And then it turns into, we perceive conflict as being this big argument. Um, so we just have to decide what we want, um, assess the risks of why we might not be doing it reclaim conflict is what she says and then just take some baby steps to doing it would you say yeah uh, I definitely say that yeah it makes me think of um when you hear and I don't even remember I can't quote even where I originally first heard it that like when you um, have a conflict when you put up some healthy boundaries if that person walks away then that's what was supposed to happen and I think that like as as women that can be tough sometimes I mean and so just like you said kind of looking at like what's behind me not wanting to have the conflict yeah and there's the I think the difference between me now and me prior to like years of therapy and self-development is that when I'm avoiding a conflict now I know that I'm avoiding it and I know there's a reason maybe the risk is too great and, and, but then I can look at it as a choice, you know, like, no, I'm not going to have that conversation right now. And, but, and here's the reason why, and then I can continue to work on that and figure out, um, is the risk lower now? Is it, is there a time where I could deal with this? And so that's, that's the biggest difference. It's not that it hurts any less or, um, makes me feel any less uncomfortable when it happens, but at least I know when I'm choosing to avoid it. And that makes it a little bit better. And you're looking at why. And what, yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So we will have a guest on soon to talk a little bit more about relationships. Do you have anything else today? Nope. Okay. 
Awesome. Well, we ask you every week to go to the show notes. Um, We would love to have some engagement from you. And even if it's anonymous, I mean, we would never reveal your name and your stories if there are questions that you want us to address or topics. So leave us um, some comments on the show notes, which are still at TanyaWest.com. Um, or on Facebook or wherever it is you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and download and leave some comments and invite your women friends and go join our Facebook group, The Stress Club, which is where we can have some deeper conversations. So that's it for today. I think next week starts the kind of part two of the series, right? With our interviews and guests. Yes, and they are all so good. All our guests were amazing. They are wonderful. We cannot wait for you to hear them. So until we are together with you again, do yourself hug.